Thanks, your dad. God intends for us all to hear his voice because God speaks. And as God speaks to us and his words are spirit and life, so they quicken us on the inside and they they shape our inner world. That however our inner world has been shaped in the past, God wants to reshape it according to his plan and his design for our lives. And there's nothing that we have ever been through that his goodness and kindness and grace isn't big enough to reform and reshape us so that we get back on track with the kind of people he intended us to be when he first thought of us before the creation of the world. And having received his word and having received his heart, we are then able to communicate his heart to people. We are to be a prophetic community. What I mean by prophetic is that the word prophet really means to speak on behalf of somebody else. So if we are prophetic, it means we speak on behalf of God to our world. And so whatever sphere that you live in, whether it's a certain area of the city or whatever job that you're in, that is your world. And God has placed you in the world that you're in in order to carry his heart and to speak his voice into the environment there because there's a ton of people in that environment that have been misshapen by words that didn't come from Jesus. And they have been misshapen by heart attitudes that didn't come out of God's heart for them. And like Marge uses this phrase, a breath of fresh air, God intends you to be a breath of fresh air into every environment in which you are living so that you're carrying a prophetic heart and prophetic word into that environment but it's important that we first receive what he gives us so that we are aligned with his heart that we can then communicate his heart into the environments in which we are working and what we are doing is that we're actually bringing heaven's realm into earth because if what he speaks and if what he pours into me comes from above because it does then it's heavenly that comes into my heart, which means that from my heart can flow heaven into earth. So what are the characteristics of heaven's environment? And this is real simple. It's not going to be a complex thing, but I'd like you to turn with me to Psalm 100. The house where Marge and I live, we moved into it back in October, the house reflects us. So we've redecorated the bedroom that we have. Why? Because the color of the bedroom didn't reflect us. Somebody else had painted that bedroom. It wouldn't have been our choice. We want it to be our choice. 
we change the color so the house is in the process of reflecting us. Heaven is God's dwelling place. It reflects him and his nature. And so the nature of God fills heaven's realm and then God wants heaven's realm to fill us so that through us it fills the earth. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So this is the nature of God, Psalm 100, that fills his heart, that fills heaven's realm, that's due to shape us and then to fill the earth. Verse 4 of Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. So here's three things about the nature of God. The first thing we can say is he is good. He's always good. He only ever does good. And so if you have experienced something that isn't good, you can say without a shadow of doubt that didn't come from God. Because God is always good. That is his nature. Jesus, when he came to earth, demonstrated what God was like. He did good. He went around doing good. Why? Because he is good. You getting this? It's not too complex, huh? God is good. So, because God is good, he has got some good things to say. And the prophetic is not what Marge thought it was all those years ago, which was exposing negativity. Anybody can do that. But what prophetic does is to describe what somebody is meant to be out of the goodness of the heart of God when they themselves have forgotten what they were intended to be. The prophetic can speak it into being. And there are people living out there that have lost bearing of who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. And the goodness of God that has come to us is then able to call out the goodness that from eternity past God has made them to be. And right now, they may not be walking in goodness, but we can speak to them according to this heavenly realm of goodness. It's not about clobbering people. It's not about pointing out the negative. It's about declaring what God says they are to be. Drawing them in to destiny. The heart of the prophetic is truly a judgment-free zone. God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. So Jesus did not come to point out people's sin and condemn them. He came to offer them what they were in what they should be like, which was his life, and offer them to take them from where they are to bring them to where God wanted them to be. And the true prophetic does not point out the negative. Its primary perspective, because God is good, is to declare God's goodness to people. And it's completely undeserved, isn't it? None of us deserve his goodness. So having received his goodness, we then have the privilege of passing it on to others. So, the Lord is good and his loving kindness is everlasting. Prophetic heart attitude and culture is about expressing love. And I would say in our culture, there is a love deficit. Because... People, every person is meant for love, but most people have grown up in an environment where there has not been unconditional love to the degree that it secures them in who they're intended to be. And out of the church, out of, as the the scripture says, Zion, flows out this perfection of beauty of this is what God is like and he loves And God, like Marge is saying, is so loving us that he's rewiring us in order that we might love others. We're learning to love like he loves. I'm still on that journey of loving like he loves. And this is just the wonderful thing of being in his presence where we get soaked to love like he loves. So this is heaven's realm. It reflects God. The Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations, so that God is absolutely consistent. He never is a day when he isn't God. He is completely true to who he is. He's faithful. In his faithfulness, God is uh, described as a helper. And um, that's true in the Old Testament, and it's true in the New Testament. Jesus is a helper to his disciples, and, and the Greek word is parakletos, which sounds impressive, but it simply means somebody called alongside to help. So if there is prophetic word that's coming, it's never to expose, it's always to help if it's carrying the nature of God. It's causing people to emerge into what God has intended them to be. What we're discovering is that we have locked the prophetic into church gatherings where what God wants to do is so equip us in our identity 
that we were able to give true identity to other people. And having another prophetic word in the church may be great, but they are prophetically starved out there. And it's just amazing as we have learned and are learning to do this. Um, Just on uh, Friday, we were traveling. We've just spent the the last day or so in Scarborough because our eldest boy has got married, bought a house, and uh, he wanted us to come see his house in Scarborough. First time we'd seen it and stayed there. It was great. But on the way up, we we stopped for some lunch on Friday. And uh, the place that we stopped at, uh, the lady served us, was just a a lovely young lady. And uh, we said, what's your name? And she said, Louise. And so we said, hey, we've got a Louise. And uh, Marge says, do you know what your name means? She said, I had no idea what my name means. So Marge then begins to speak to her about what her name means and begins to draw out, call out prophetic destiny out of her life. She, her face lights up because she is a a nurse. She's training to be a nurse. She's a student nurse. And when Marge speaks about what Louise means, which is leader a victorious leader and influencer of others. She's going, oh, that's my dream. I want to lead a ward. I want to be somebody that's on a ward and being the, the lead nurse on a ward. So we're speaking to her and saying, there you go. This is lining up with what your name is and what you're intended to be. Well, she had just a, a straight face when she came to the table. When we began to speak into her life, you could see her countenance completely change. She began to just engage and smile. We're learning to release destiny into people's lives in the orderliness of life because so many people's lives have been shaped by negativity by harshness by unkindness it's time for a love revolution to take place and the love revolution comes through releasing the nature of God that has come to us through us into other people so that the worlds in which we live in those environments can change and God has called each one of us to be prophetic in carrying his heart, carrying his life and nature, speaking his words into people and completely changing their lives. You want to say something, Sue? Yeah, I mean, and you know, I didn't have to go, I have a word from the Lord for you and scare her off or anything. I was just being me. And because of what God has done in me, I just really, you know, because it was, uh, what's the name of the restaurant? Wagamama, which we'd never, ever been in before. And so we're just saying, hey, we've passed this. We were sort of some kind of American fast food, but we've discovered. So we'd already engaged her. But then I said to her, I said, Louise, every time I go past a Wagamama now, I will pray God's blessing on you for you and your career. And you see, I think, I haven't got the time. She hadn't got the time for me to stand and give her the gospel or anything like that. But I've sown a seed. And, you know, you just trust, leave it to Holy Spirit and trust Holy Spirit will send somebody along to water that seed. But what I found is it is such fun that when you are living, because, you know, Holy Spirit gives us joy, 
and gives us guidance and encouragement, then you find it is such fun as well. So all we want to do is just to give you an up-to-date example from just a couple of days ago, because the more you're aware of heaven's realm and Father's heart and word spilling into your life, then the more you become aware that he wants to spill it over out of your life, because... You know, we, we have too much of the Holy Ghost just for ourselves. You understand that? It's got to be given away to others because this fullness is for overflow. And as we overflow to others, it is through the church that God is going to shine light into the world. And boy, does the world need light. And so it's too good, it's too much for us to hold to ourselves. We get shaped by it in order that it can be poured out of us that we can reshape the lives of others. Now, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God wants to shine forth. The more that we remain soaked and saturated in heaven's realm, the more we're able to express it to others. Marge has spoken about soaking, and I just want to uh, bring this to an end right now by just rooting that in Scripture. If you would turn to Habakkuk with me, please. That's that part of the Old Testament where all the pages of your Bible are stuck together, right? (laughs) Habakkuk. There you go, Mike and Nahum, Habakkuk. I got there in the end. Habakkuk chapter 2. The context of the prophet here is that things are not going too well for him, and he is really grieved by something, and we, we don't have time to look at the context, but he's he's not in a good place, bless him. And he's pours out his complaint to the Lord. And then he says this, chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. Now, there are a number of pointers here to help us in terms of hearing the Lord and in being shaped by what he says. The first thing is this. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. The first thing that Habakkuk did was to stop his busyness, and it's important that we quieten ourselves down. If we're to hear the voice of God, we have to still our hearts. And so often we live in society that is just crazy busy and filled with noise and activity, and we can get caught up with the swirl of life and Psalm 46 actually says, be still and know that I am God. So if we are to hear his voice, I have to be intentional and deliberate on quietening myself down. 
And Marge spoke about us soaking, and that's the first thing we do, is quieten ourselves down. Now, I don't know about you, but as I quiet myself down, very often things come jumping into my mind of what I need to do. And they're legitimate, you know? Go to the supermarket, go do this, see this person, make that phone call. And what we've discovered is that it's really important to have a pen and paper handy just to write it down. You know, take a trip to Asda, make a phone call to Mike, and just write it down. Then it's downloaded out of your brain. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's not a running riot in your brain while you're wanting to calm yourself down. So you calm yourself down first. Write down whatever you need to so it's not running around. And then the thing he says, then I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. So this is Habakkuk now, after calming himself down, is tuning in to God. So we to calm down and, of course, we are to tune into Jesus. He is our God. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus. That's what the New Testament tells us to do. I focus on Jesus because he is the lover of my soul. He loves me more than I could ever know. And he is the one that wants to speak words of life and affirmation and truth into my heart. And so fix my eyes on Jesus. Then he goes on to say, verse 2, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. So this is where this journaling that Marge spoke, speaks about comes in, is that in focusing then on Jesus, I take my eyes off of busyness, focus on him, incline my ear, and what he says to me, and very often it's to me and about me, I write down. Now, here's, here's the important thing. So often, we process things, first of all, intellectually, because this is how we've been taught from childhood. That we become analytical, we think about things. God is actually spirit. Nowhere in the scripture does it say God is a big brain. Thankfully, God is spirit. And as a spirit, he wants to speak to our spirit. And in speaking to our spirit, there is spontaneous flow from his spirit to our spirit that is nothing to do with the cognitive process. It's not that it's anti-intellectual, it's just at a higher level of spirit to spirit. And once there's a flow from his spirit to our spirit, it's writing that down, what comes to my spirit person, without me intellectually analyzing what is being said. Just let that stuff flow. What I've realized is if I will do that, there's always time later to go over and review it to see does this fit in with the rest of Scripture. 
But this is not the time as the flow of God's word comes to me to start analyzing it. That may be for a later time if I need it. And so we journal by writing down what God says so that having written it down, I can then run with it. And, you know, I keep journals and very often I'll, I'll go back and read what the Lord has spoken to me. And I'm staggered at the, the depth, the, the prof- profound yet simple things that he says to me. That maybe I've forgotten and I, I get reminded of. But it's about words that shape my identity Words that can shape me and what God has called me and called us to do. And this is what the scripture says. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Present continuous tense out of the mouth of God. So God is a speaking God. He wants to speak into our hearts that we can speak from our hearts into the worlds around us and shape them. But it requires taking time out of busyness, calm ourselves down, tune into Jesus, hear what he's saying, and write it down. As we do that as a practice of life, then the more we hear, the more spontaneously I'm able to speak out of my heart to bring words to people that carry God's heart, that carry God's love, and release them from false identity into true identity. And this isn't just for the ones and twos. This is for all God's people to reshape the environments in which God has called them to live. The more I'm full of him, the easier I can overflow with him. This can only be done, of course, as we tune into the Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that shows us what Jesus is like. It's the Holy Spirit that takes the words of Jesus and applies them to our hearts. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to live in us and fill us and pour out of us. And like Marge says, it's okay to make mistakes as we go about this stuff. We might not get it right first time. We might not get it right all the time. But it's okay to make mistakes as long as we are seeking to express love, the goodness of God, and his faithfulness to people's lives. So our encouragement to you in being here is that God is wanting to set you up to be loved up, with words of affirmation spoken to your lives, with words of encouragement that shape your inner world, so that you then, out of the fullness of your identity, can speak into other people around you how much God loves them, his words of affirmation for them, and encouraging them to be what he's called them to be. God wants us to be a prophetic community. Light that shines into the darkness. And however dark the darkness is, the beautiful thing is, as soon as the light shines, the darkness hasn't got a chance. 
because light is always more powerful than darkness. Was there anything else you wanted to say, sweetheart? Okay. There isn't? All right, then we're going to pray. Let's just put our hands on our hearts a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just want to say thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. You're a perfect father with a perfect love for us, and you want our hearts to be filled with your love. And today we choose to open up our hearts to you to receive more of your love, to receive more of your words of love into our lives so that we can be filled with who you are and what you say so that we can overflow with words of love to others. So, Father, I pray for this precious community because you have called them to be a prophetic community that overflow with your nature and with your words. We just see in this coming week, let there be an overflow of heaven's environment into their world through their lives in new measure this week. Let there be words of encouragement, words of affirmation, words of release coming out of their heart and their mouths. Open their eyes, we ask, to see people who they see day by day from your perspective, with your eyes, and to carry your heart. And as they speak, we ask, let heaven be released and people's worlds be changed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Wow, I'd just like to give you some homework, actually. What I want to encourage you all to do is to take some time out this week. You want to put some music on and just rest in his presence, but take time out. And just ask him, Father, how do you feel about me? And write it down. If it's negative, it's not him. If it's positive and encouraging, it's him. Write it down. Don't doubt. And just feed yourself on that. And then ask him, you've given me a kind word for me. Can you give me a kind word for somebody else? And be prepared to hear, to meet somebody, and give them a kind word from Father. Okay, it's just, and you'll be just surprised at what it does in you. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.